So 8.19 nearly and the World Economic Forum's underway in Davos serving as an opportunity this week for the world's most powerful people to challenge the most serious global issues head on, or at least in theory. And according to the Forum's Global Risk Report 2017, extreme weather events and natural disasters are the biggest realistic threats facing the world this year. Let's bring in one of the experts behind the report now. Howard Kanrutha out of the University of Pennsylvania is also a former member of the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change under the United Nations. Thank you very much for joining us. Good to be with you, Alex. Um, so there's this very useful map of global risks on the World Economic Forum's website. A pretty scary map as well. Weapons of mass destruction are placed as the highest risk but also one of the least likely. So they're at the top left corner of the map. But then if you move to the top right, you see the ones that are both highest impact and most likely. Can you explain how these various risks are calculated? Well, I'll give you at least an idea of how uh, these questions are asked. Uh, People are asked to rank on a scale how likely something is going to happen and at the same time how serious it's going to be. And so uh, what you see on this map is uh, a case where the weapons of mass destruction, uh, fortunately, we hope it's correct, has low likelihood of occurring. But I think everyone is aware that if that happens, uh, there could be some very serious consequences. And that's why it's in the high left-hand corner with a very low likelihood. And as you pointed out, uh, the uh, notion of extreme events, natural disasters uh, are really up at the higher side on both. And that means you have to worry on two counts, uh, the chances of it happening. And then if it does happen, the consequences. And just to briefly clarify, we can't ignore risks just because they're low likelihood, as you've suggested, they could still go through. We hope they don't, but we've got to have contingency plans. No question about it. And in fact, it's the ones that are unlikely or rated as unlikely that you want to make sure that people at least pay attention to the fact that if it does happen, it can be very serious. And it really highlights the importance of focusing on worst case scenarios uh, and not just saying it's not going to happen. So 2016 was the warmest year on record, according to the World Meteorological Organization. Yet we've also seen unusually freezing weather in places unaccustomed to it this winter. How worried are you about 2017 and and what kinds of weather events and disasters can we anticipate as we find those diamonds in the top right corner of this high likelihood, high impact prediction for the year? Well, uh, the first thing I'd want to do, Alex, is to distinguish between climate and weather. And I think when we talk about a year, uh, you can have all sorts of weather that occurs during that year, very warm weather and very cold weather and extreme events on both sides. Climate is a longer-term proposition. And so when one says, am I worried about 2017 or should we be worried? Well, we have to be more worried than if we were looking at, at 1917 or 1997. Things have been changing on a level where if it turns out something is that it's more likely for these things to happen. But, to, but I think the more important point that is really highlighted by the report is that climate change needs to be put high on the agenda. That's a longer-term proposition, but it also suggests we better do things now rather than waiting for a long period of time. And if you use a freezing day for as an excuse not to worry about it, you are making a big mistake. Right, but it might be misleading looking at this map because the failure of climate change mitigation and adaptation is placed as a lower impact and lower likelihood than natural disasters and extreme weather events. 
Well, that's a that's a very interesting point. I mean, I think that's a little bit deceptive. I mean, in the sense that if you're saying what's the chances of something happening in the next ten years, uh, and often these uh, when you're asking about these risks, they're often focusing on longer than one year, but not twenty or thirty years. Mm. Then you might say that the chances of these things happening are going to be lower in terms of very ex- uh, an extreme change in climate or sea le- high sea level rise. But if we ask ourselves the following question, what can we do about this, and should we just wait because the chances are lower that something's going to happen next year or five or ten years, then I think we are making a big mistake because we are dealing with irreversibilities, and it may be very, very difficult then to stop what is happening, and of course that's the argument that is always made with respect to why we have to pay attention to climate change now. And um, are you concerned that by focusing um on these uh, climate change policies, we're in danger of of not having the full ear of the most important people in the world. I'm I'm looking at U.S. President-elect Donald Trump in particular here. He's about to take office. Well, I think we're all not clear. I'll speak for myself, but I think I'm speaking for uh, parties around the world. We're a little uncertain on how things are going to play out. He's taking the presidency officially in the next three or four days. And I think that there has been enough discussion, including his discussion uh, with uh, Vice President Al Gore at one point where he was talking about climate change, that suggests that he may very well come across to say that this is something we do need to pay attention to. We'll just have to wait and see. I think the one point that can be made, though, is that the states are paying attention to this in a very significant way, and other countries are paying attention, and I think the pressure will be on that uh, that hopefully the United States will take a very important role with respect to recognizing that this is an issue that has to be dealt with now. But it's obviously a worry with leaders in Davos actually discussing how to confront threats of climate change in the absence of U.S. leadership. Well, I think that the, the, the way to go about it, and I'm sure this is going to be true in the discussions that take place in Davos, and having been there before, I am involved in, in, in Davos, I, I know that there's a, an open spirit and there's also a feeling of wanting to make sure that one pushes forward on, on issues that are most important for, uh, for the world and for these countries. And to the extent that there is a feeling that by coming out with a strong position on the importance of climate change by other countries, I would, we would hope, and I would hope, that this would also lead for the United States to take a more proactive role than perhaps one you're, you're implying, and I understand why you're implying that, uh, may not happen. And mm. that, that, I think, remains to be seen. But certainly, I think the fact that everyone is concerned about that needs to be stated, uh, the role that the U.S. can play, but at the same time, how other countries can play an yeah. important role in pushing forward with COP21. Well, just to put a couple of facts on the table here, what we can say is we might wonder which Donald Trump we're going to get. Is it going to be the Donald Trump who signed a public letter in 2009 calling for cuts in greenhouse gas emissions in the United States? Or is it going to be the Donald Trump who, on the campaign trail, promised to withdraw from the Paris Agreement to limit global warming to within two degrees Celsius of pre-industrial temperatures? I mean, that's not a question any of us can really answer, but we have to wait and see. As, as far well, we as... Have to um, remind him, we we yeah. have to remind him of his 2009 letter, if I could interject there, that he did say that. And uh, the question is, why would he want to change his mind now? Well, I, I think there are a number of industrial interests, aren't there, 
right now in the United States. Um, and, and there are industrial interests throughout the world, including in China. But, but China has a different political system and it, it is going full steam ahead with renewables at the moment. How encouraged are you by that? Very. I think the renewables are extremely important. I think India has been talking about that. And if we look in the United States, there's a lot of a lot of investment in renewables in our country as well. And a lot of states have really encouraged that. California, for example, has played a very important role in encouraging investment in solar energy and providing uh, the upfront costs, many of these companies, so that people don't have to invest the money upfront. And then they actually pay it back over time, but they get much lower uh, electricity costs as a result of that. So I think there are things that are happening in our country, and certainly we would applaud China and hopefully other countries like India that have a key role to play here. And finally, just briefly, another reason climate's so important here is that so many of the different risks on this map could be tied to climate change ultimately. Exactly. And I think you hit it on the head with respect to the natural disasters as one of them in extreme weather events. And, the, and again, uh, the, the fact that we have a changing climate, that the climate scientists are generally agreed upon, that there are more intense hurricanes that are occurring, certainly uh, in the world, typhoons and hurricanes, and that with sea level rise, uh, something that, again, there's general agreement, you're going to have much greater uh, damage that yes. might occur from these hurricanes. And then... Well, if you start also seeing other issues like water and food shortages, you start looking at human societal security challenges as well. The list could go on, but we've got to leave it there. Professor Kanrutha, thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure to be with you, and let's hope things go well in Davos. Thank you very much. We'll be watching. Stay with us here on This Morning.